Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. Our guest was boxing legend Christy Martin, who was recently inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. We spoke with them by Zoom Thursday, July 7th. Here is that discussion. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome back to the War Room. Fight fans from all around the world. I am your fight goddess, Chris Baldwin. I'm here with my fam, Melissa Smith. She is a women's boxing historian. And my boy, Eddie Goldman. We call him the conscious of combat sports. And today we have a very special guest in the house. We have boxing legend and International Hall of Fame inductee Christy Martin. She is was a trailblazer, is a trailblazer in the ring, and continues to be an inspiration to female fighters across the globe. Her book, Fighting for Survival, this book is just so intense. My journey through boxing fame, abuse, murder, and resurrection, Christy Martin recounts her harrowing yet inspiring story. Martin reveals how she was brought back to life from her near-death experience at the hands of her then-husband and trainer, Jim Martin. Her brilliant new book reveals how she overcame abuse, violence, addiction, and 40 years of living in the closet. And now she has turned her pain and debasement into victory and triumph. Her story is one of hope and self-belief. Yes, it is, and an inspiration for anyone struggling to break the chain of abuse or who fears to be open about their sexual orientation. It is more than the story of a boxing champion. It is a story of a survivor. Christy Martin, welcome to our show, baby. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, maybe I should have fired on King and hired you as my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, Let's go. You, Let's did, go. Did you hear the comment that Don King made in one of the interviews after the show that he just had in Florida with the, I don't think you were at that because you were at the Hall of Fame, yes. but with Daniel Dubois and Trevor Bryan, he was asked about you and he congratulated you. And I'll use his exact words on being indoctrinated into the Boxing <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> nothing like him. Nothing like him. <laughs> so look, you've, got, oh, yeah. you, you've released this new book, Fighting for Survival. We watched the documentary which was incredible. This story, it's just a testament to the resilience of the human spirit and your fight 
And uh, tell us how the book tour is going. Are you on tour? Are you doing a book tour? Like just interviews? Tell us how that's going. And and uh, what kind of people are you meeting at your book uh, event? You know what? Um, Ron Board just did a wonderful, wonderful, fantastic job taking taking my words and and putting them on the paper. And Oof. like it just flows flows so nicely, and it's easy to read, and it's I, I think it's fun to read. Uh, even though there's some tough parts for me, it but was it, tough. It, it, yeah, it's an easy read. It's an easy read, and and I think as I read through it, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so many people in this world that this this story can touch. It will touch it. It it it's like it's domestic violence, people, um, sexuality for sure, right? Um, you know, drug addiction, sexual abuse. But the, number one to me, I always feel like. I've always been the underdog. I've always been an under an underdog. So that to me is the market. I mean, that's what anybody that feels like or they've been told they can't do something. Right. No. This 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 read this, read this, and it'll show you that hey, little Christy Martin, Christy Salters from small town southern West Virginia can do it. There's nobody out there that can't. Have you ever thought about changing your name back to Salters? Because I'm like wondering, why are you still carrying this man's name around? It, it is back to Salters. Legally, yes. it is Salters. It's just, you know, the celebrity name, right. Martin. Right. So kind of stuck with it. And which pisses me off because that's one of the things he would tell me is you'll always be Christy Martin. Because I would tell him, you know, I'm going to divorce you and I'm going back to Salters and and um, he would always remind me that no, you'll always be well. Actually, you're always champ. So you're that's right. Christy champ. You know, you that's go. it. You Thank are you. champ. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Melissa, so okay, so we're just we're out there. We're talking. You know, doing tons and tons of podcasts, interviews, um, talking about the book. Really trying to uh, to get people energized, excited about uh, the story. I mean, it's. Netflix did a great job. I think Laura, Laura Bronson, she was the mm -hmm. director. She put it all together. But the book goes places that the Netflix documentary didn't. This book had me jumping up out of my chair. I laughed out loud. I was looking for my uh, cousin who, you know, at six or seven years old, how you were abused. The same thing, a cousin. You know, yeah. I was trying to call him up. But of course, I never found him. He's not on any social media. But uh, it's, an, uh, it's an incredible coming out story. And we just... You know, Pride Month, uh, Pride is happening in Long Beach this, I think, weekend coming up. But uh, can you talk to me about, can you talk to us about uh, some of the LGBT folks you've met in the community and what is your message to them? Well, you know, let, let's go back a few years, several years. You know, I, I, um, I didn't always say the nicest things about my people. Right. Uh, I was pressed and pressured to... Uh, to be very mean and ugly and derogatory uh, to my opponents. And, 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 you know, you can read about it in the book, but I would tell Jim over and over, you're just playing with fire because mm -hmm. someone from my past is going to uh, peep up. And then, you know, all this stuff that you're trying to hide is, is going to be out there. Um, it didn't good or bad. I don't know which, which it is, but uh, you know, one good thing is I didn't have to do that whole thing of, of creeping out of the closet. It was like, boom, you know, I went came out the closet with a bang. <laughs> God came out with the bang. Um, so in, in some ways that made that easy. I mean, you're out there. What are you going to do now? Deny it. Right. So, you, you know, I had been through that. I lived right. through almost 50 years of trying to deny. And I was, 
I was done with denying. Um, really, the whole thing about leaving was to get to the point of who I could, I could be true to me and not have to hide anymore. So, you know, I've met a lot of really nice people, but there, it seems like I, I want to be more accepted in the LGBTQ community. Um, but but uh, memories are long and they can sometimes remember all those mean and hateful things I said and did. So you've met people that brought that up to you? I have actually a couple, but, but, you know, it was a such a long time ago. Right. Um, and, and I think that at least people, you know, my age, they know what it's like to, to be put in those situations. Mm -hmm. Most everybody has at some point experienced that, um, throughout their life. So they, that I can get a little forgiveness from those people, but there's still some of those hardcore people that, you know, like you didn't have enough guts to stand up and, and be true to you. It was hard. You were in a very difficult position to, you know, I understand playing the, the straight, you know, married boxer, you're on your way up like this. And if had you come out, that would have fizzled out. There would have been no Christy Martin induction. There would have been none of that because that was the times. So I understood the marketing aspect, especially when, you know, you said you were saying stuff that you didn't really want to say, calling people dykes or questioning people's sexuality, that kind of thing. I was like, yeah, she played that role to a T, but now. <laughs> well, yeah, baby pink, you know. Exactly, exactly. Baby so now, pink was not threatening. Exactly. Yeah, you know, the, the whole pink stuff was very funny because the promoter that I started out with in Bristol, Tennessee, he put me in the pink and I was so mad. I'm like, how can they put me in pink, you know? Um, but the pink was really, it was cool. And it does, it, it, it does kind of say who I am because the truth is I'm not a tough guy out here in the real world. Like I want, I want people to think I'm tough. I want people to think, you know, that I'm hard, but I'm not. Yeah. And most fighters aren't. I never have been. And, and, you know, it was just so much of a, of a facade that, that, that I played and, and, right. um, you know, it was tough. Right on. So, uh, so Melissa, do you want to uh, jump in here with your, your question? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I, first off, I got to, I think around page 12 of the introductory chapter, and then I just lost it. I became a puddle and I've met you in the past. I, I've known your story for a while. I met you shortly after all of this transpired, but it, the poignancy of where you had to get to, to find your life is the truth of so many people's stories. And the thing that also really affected me in the book is when you describe meeting Emil Griffith, of Emil Griffith in the rain, knocking on your door after you fought Dakota uh, Stone for the first time, you win a title again, you broke your hand, which I hadn't even realized you had broken it twice with Dakota Stone. Yeah, she has a very hard head. <laughs> And you talk about meeting Emil Griffith, who's about as tragic a figure in boxing as can exist. And you were still not at your bottom when you met him. And I just would like you to talk to what that was for you. And did you see the glimmers of who you could become in meeting Emil Griffith? You know, the, the really cool, I, I love boxing and I, I am, um, I can't say I'm a historian, but like, I'm very aware of the, the ones that came before me. 
and and love those guys. I mean, they were all such warriors. But you're right, Emil Griffith. Uh, I had met him at the Boxing Hall of Fame. So when he approached me, I, I knew who, who he was, of course. And I was so honored that this man, this legend, this great champion uh, is going to take his time to come over and talk to me. And my hand was broken and it was throbbing. But if he would wanted to stand there for a day and talk, I would have stood there and listened because, I mean, that's what you respect, those guys, those legends. And then you respect the man that, um, my goodness, he's been through so much. And, and he was fighting at a time where he, he could never be true to himself. So in my mind, yeah, probably not at the moment of him talking to me, but later on, like, I really took that as a, um, like, that was a true moment for me. Like this man that, I mean, I'm assuming he was gay. Everybody seems to think he was gay. Um, he, he just went through so much and he could never be true to him. And that was part of me hitting the bottom finally and just saying, you know what, I, I'm going to be true to me. If I live through whatever Jim Martin's going to do, I'm going to come out on the other side true to me. I'm not playing this game anymore. And, and that's part of that you take away from that conversation with Emil Griffith, because you see that this is a man that had to hide his entire life. And I didn't want to be that person. The thing about Emil is that even when the stories came out about him, the film, the book and all of that, and he had, he had some pretty serious dementia at the time, but when all those stories came out and it was publicly known, that he was gay. That was around 2005 or something like that. And everybody, everybody, I'm old enough to remember when he fought in the, in the sixties, I used to watch him on TV then when he fought in the garden, as much as everybody loved Emil in all that time since then, there have been some women that have come out, but have any men who have been involved in boxing come out? If there have been um, maybe some, people that are amateurs and not really prominent, but any prominent male boxers come out in all those years, I'm not aware of it. And that just shows how even in 2022, just how still the, the homophobia and all these prejudices are still very deep in the sport of boxing. For sure. I mean, we did have a champion, male champion from Puerto Rico. Orlando Cruz, right. He was yes. the, right. I forgot yeah. about him. But as far as I know, he's the only, he's the um, only male, male fighter to ever come out. And, but I mean, it goes, it's not just in boxing. It's if we think there are no gay men in the NBA or in the NFL, yeah. you know, Major League Baseball, we're, come right. on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually there are more women who have been willing to come out. Certainly in boxing, there are women that come to mind who uh, are openly gay, have always fought as openly gay and, and continue to. Although, you know, we're still selling pink, if you will, mm -hmm. and uh, to a large degree uh, across the boards in the sport, even in boxing, um, we still like to do that. Wow. What, um, what <laughs> I, the thing that always struck me was after all this horrible stuff happens to you, you left the bed, you come back, 21 months later, you're in the ring. 
<laughs> to go to stone. Now I know it's boxing. Heart of a warrior money. right there. Heart of a warrior. But what what was in your head? Where were yeah. other than money? I mean, I know money. Money is money. Need money. But where how, what were you drawing from to get back in that ring? I was back in the ring six months after being shot and stabbed and was supposed, I was scheduled to be back in the ring three months, but I got my rib broken sparring. Of course it was the rib that was shot through. So the rib was already broken when it got hit in sparring, it, it snapped in two, but um, no, it, it really, it wasn't the money. Uh, it was, I wanted to get that 50th win because I wanted to show Jim Martin. I could do it without him. I could get, I could get that win. I wanted 50 wins was always like my goal, but then it was so important for me to get a win without Jim Martin. And, yeah. and, you know, I fought Dakota stone on the uh, Julio Cesar Chavez junior undercard and was 50 seconds away from my 50th win yeah. had had a broken hand for two since round number two. And the doctor decides that he's going to stop the fight. And you can see me in the documentary. I'm jumping up and down. I'm begging him, please don't stop the fight. Please don't stop the fight. I'm 50 seconds away from my 50th win. And, um, you know, I was winning the rounds. I'm winning. I'm winning. All I, I had to do was finish that. on my feet. And and he stopped the fight. And I cussed him. <laughs> I no, cussed I, him. I, remember, I remember watching it. It was yeah. stunning because you had winced. You had thrown it. You had winced. And, and shame on me. You know what? I you thought know, I was it, tough enough. But it I wasn't. Was, enough you were it was already at the last round come on right come on and, and that was the thing i'm telling you it's 50 seconds give me 50 seconds give me the opportunity to to dance around and move and jab and 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 survive these last 50 seconds but because if you had been a man he would have gave you those 50 absolutely. seconds absolutely yep and yep. i actually filed a suit. yes i filed a i filed a, um, a complaint against the california boxing commission had a hearing and everything with that exact thing in mind that if I had been a male fighter, I would never have been stopped. But what was it going to do? Even if they would have, even if they would have reversed the decision or whatever, it would have been a no contest. So right. I still wasn't going to get the 50th win. You weren't going to get that win. And then you fought Jill after and, that. And then I, I went to surgery to have my hand fixed and had a stroke. So it was really, of course, the doctor told me at that time, don't ever get hit in the head again. But me, because I'm hard-headed, I wanted to get that 50th win. I basically hid the truth from the commission and fought Mia. And, you know, not really meaning to disrespect Mia, but when I lost to her, I knew my career was over because there's no way on my worst day and her best day she should beat me. Exactly. So, so now you're back at King Promotions. Don King signed you, and now you've done full circle. How did that happen? I, you know what? I, I'm working with Don King. I, uh, helped him run a couple shows and it's, it's, um, it's great. I mean, it feels good that he respects me or right. trusts me. I don't know if he respects me, but it trusts <laughs> me enough that, um, you know, he leaves some jobs in my hands, you know, get this fighter for me, make this happen. It calls me up and, and we have some good conversations. Uh, Recently, I actually had the conversation with him about, I understand how he got so pissed off at fighters because they didn't respect him and they didn't appreciate what he did for him. I did. I always did. But other fighters didn't. Um, but these guys that I'm, I'm promoting now, I feel like, like they, don't, they don't give a shit about me. They don't care what I do, what I, you know, go out on the limb for them. Uh -uh. Uh, 
it's all about them, not not so much about us, the team. So how many people you have in your stable? How many fighters? Um, right now I'm down to I only have two two guys. Uh, I released everybody. I had a, had a handful, and um, I, I just gave them releases because they don't really want to fight. It's hard to make matches. Um, and I have Kimon Evans, who is a light heavyweight, eight and zero with one draw. He's a good prospect. I think he has a good future ahead of him. And I have Tony Aguilar, who's nine and zero, and one thirty five pound Mexican that loves the loves the fight. Let's draw a line in the sand and go for a fight. Um, I also work with Anthony Sevilla, who's from West Virginia. You know, where we got that coal mining genes and and in our soul. And, and we both understand hard work. So he's, he's two and he's one, one win uh, and one draw. So, but, but we'll see. And we'll you're see scout. Are you scouting for female fighters? There. You know, I signed, I had a female fighter sign for a minute and um, it, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. First of all, we, the, the mindset, look, first, I, I wanted to be a fighter. I didn't want people to say, Christy's a good female fighter. I wanted people to say she's a good fighter. So that's number one. Don't don't talk to me about you should get paid double because you're a female. No, sell sell tickets and then you'll get paid. Doesn't matter if you're a male or female. And and then then um, I think what got me was her coach said they wouldn't fight somebody because they were too tall. <laughs> and and at that point I was like I can't get the release, you know, drawn up fast enough because right. Christy Bye-bye. Martin, Lay Lolly. I think I gave up about seven or eight inches. Christy Martin versus Lisa Hollowine, my oh, wife. I, I know I gave up about four or five inches. So, I mean, my whole career, I had to fight tall people. You're yeah, right. and that wasn't a good one for me. Look, I but saw are that. You, you are looking, right? Because <laughs> my wife. But there are women out there, right? No, there are some yeah, good they, fighters I'm, out I'm there. Sure and some, hungry. some women out there that are hungry and, and they get it. I mean, Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. Oh, my God. We were at the fight. We were actually row two and um madison square garden was jamming i mean they sold the place out everybody's going nuts uh they put on a hell of a show great and um yeah they get it they get it and and um michaela myers get ready to fight uh Alyssa Baumgartner, i Baumgartner, think yeah. right and, and so you know good fight we have some good fights coming up some very good fights coming up and some some good amateur boxers coming out of programs like out of California, you know, the boxing beauties that oh, yeah. there's some, there's some really great little kids coming up. So I think there are prospects for you. It's just a matter of digging them out and, and finding them and giving them opportunities to, to go on these shows. I mean, it's kind of hard because there are all these women who fought in these, in the lean years, you know, 2008, 2010, 2014, when there was nothing going on, they were fighting for $3,000, $5,000, guts galore, you know, like a Heather Hardy, somebody like that. Right. And, right. and those yeah. women are still out there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And um, as a promoter that, that really just lives off of ticket sales and a couple sponsors, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to really build a, um, it's hard to build any fighter. But with the male fighters, you know, there are more opportunities and more options for opponents. Mm-hmm. It's very limited um, to get the right female fighter. In, oh, in you terms want- of in ter- question about promotion, because you work with Don for, for so many years, what are some of the positive and negative lessons of promotion uh, that 
that you learned from him? Because obviously he, you know, the 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 card, the fight with Deirdre Gogarty in '96. Well, if you look at that card, it was incredibly loaded card. You don't see that today. I mean, you had Tyson versus Bruno too. Bernard Hopkins was on that. The whole the whole card was just loaded, including your fight, which many people consider the, the best fight on that card. But what were some of the things that you learned from him to do and, and not to do as you're now focusing on this promotional uh, activity that you're doing? I think what I learned the most was every, every show that he did, whether it was a Tyson show or like a lesser fighter was, was the main event, every show was an event. Every show was class. You know, King King put together real fights, um, and he brought he brought that special flair to every show, and that's what I try to do. He, um, I mean, what I learned to not do is hard as a as a promoter, and especially at my level. But don't leave a kid sitting at the airport. You know, make sure everybody's there to get up. Make sure they have their food money, and, and may, some of that might be like the the motherly instincts of, of a female promoter. Um, but don't, don't disrespect these guys or females, you know, they're, they're these fighters, they're all busting their ass and trying to, trying to make it in this business. So yeah. give them a little, give them a little pat on the back, give them a little respect and, and treat them. Don't, don't treat them like they're champions. Cause you have to earn that, but treat them like, you know, they have an opportunity to be a champion. You got to take care of your fighters. Absolutely. I used to manage fighters. It's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of work. And the personalities and attitudes and and now with these young guys, it's all about social media. Right. Wanna, this is what I don't understand. They want to videotape and put on social media every time they go to the gym. And like mm-hmm. what they're doing. Why do you want your opponent to see what you're doing? I mean, I, I wouldn't make it in these days. Right. Yeah. That's trip. Yeah. Uh, would you like to talk about your uh, foundation? For sure. Um, Chrissy's Champs is my nonprofit. So we do a lot of speaking at different, we go to prisons, we go to schools, uh, all kinds of domestic violence, galas and events, anything. Um, and, to, and just basically share my story, make people more aware. This is my thing. Make people more aware that domestic violence isn't just about bruises. Right. Because so many of us, I think, believe it's all about the bruises i mean if 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 jim would have beaten me up and i could have uh, on a regular basis and i could have gone to my dad and said here's the bruise here's what he's doing maybe i would have done that maybe but when it's just like emotional and isolation and and just controlling everything that you do it's harder for somebody that's never been in that situation to understand that situation and it's hard to explain it because People, and especially if they've never been in it, uh, oh, he just he just cares about you. He just, you know, that's just his way of caring about you. No, that's his way of, of, of abusing me. Right. But people don't get it without the bruises sometimes. So that's that's one of the things that um, we're out there talking about all, all the time. Now, the, the book in the foundation, what's been the, he's getting a lot of coverage on this, but what's been the reaction within the boxing media and the boxing community because obviously everybody that knows boxing knows who you are saw your fights you were just inducted in the hall of fame and all of that but now that you're taking this route what has their reaction been 
you know, it, it's so funny because Jim had me so scared for all those years that the boxing world would turn their back on me. And the boxing world, since the shooting and stabbing, has, has done nothing but open up their arms and embrace me. And with this book, I mean, I have, I have rekindled so many relationships with sports writers that I knew from back wow. in my career, my King days. So it's always fun to do the interview with them because the first few minutes we get to, we, we rehash old stories, you know, and, and talk about this happening and that happening. Do you remember this fight? What, you know, so-and-so did this crazy thing and, oh yeah, I was there. So it, it's been a lot of fun to, to like relive those men, those moments. And, um, and like I said, they're doing great stories with the book. That's amazing. What was your favorite fight out of your whole 49 fights? What was your favorite? Like, what's the one that stands out to you the most? Well, it has to be the Gogarty fight because the Gogarty fight's really the one that, that, that put me out there. It's the one that really got everybody's attention for my career, but also for women's boxing. So I, I think that that fight will always have its place in history, even though after the, uh, Taylor Serrano fight. I text, I text Gogarty and told her we lost our place. <laughs> we were number one. We were number one for a very, yeah, very long time, but they bumped us. So. Well, yeah, but it's a lot of years later, so it's okay. It's different generation, but the, yeah, but they, it, it's that fight doesn't happen without yours though. So Thank that, you. that's yeah. the important point. You don't sell out Madison Square Garden without you. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and the really cool thing was uh, Amanda Serrano, she was messaging me back and forth a couple of days before the fight and then after the fight. And she said exactly that. She said, without you, Christy, there would be no right. us. And uh, I'm yeah. like, wow, you know, that gives me chills right now. So I, I really appreciate it because there's so many young, young fighters, whether it be male or female, they forget about the ones that came before them. And no, it's important. It's as if it just existed out of nowhere and it's not true uh, at all and without you there's no there's no embrace of amateur fighting amateur boxing when you fought you know Deirdre Gogarty was was illegal in the United States for women to fight it was just getting legal there's no Olympics without what you did um, so it's in, enormously important to the sport and the fact that you are in the hall of fame that the hall of fame woke up and said, right. yes, yeah. women who fight are, yeah, as you put it, you're their sister and I, sisters I him, and I brothers. Him, I told them way back in 1996, when I told the story at the hall of fame induction that, um, in, in 1996, I said, one of these days, all these brothers up here, I got, they need a sister. And, uh, I was just really glad that, that I got to be that sister or one no, of those. It's huge. The other thing that really struck me about your speech is you told everyone, I want you to time me two minutes. And I know everybody in that room was thinking two minute rounds. And then you, you faked us out and you said, nope, it's domestic violence. And that message where you tell, told us how many people are affected by domestic violence, 40 people in two minutes. Right. 20 minutes, 20 people per minute in the United States are assaulted by their domestic, uh, domestic partner. And that's crazy. It's crazy. Extraordinary. But it was um, was so affecting to me as I watched you, te- unabashedly tears streaming down my, my face, thinking to myself, this is how you are integrating all your worlds. And that is such a powerful thing to bring us 
all those parts of the truth. Because whatever happens, Christy, you are Christy Champ, who created a sport um, and a place for women to have their own experience as champions. And the fact that you could dig into your soul to lay that bare for us and even on that stage, accepting the accolades that were you do, show us, demonstrate to us how that all is of a piece was very powerful and will be forever powerful. Thank you. And, you know, I think I'm pretty sure I was like the shortest speech. Um, <laughs> but I, I really think because so many people came to me afterwards and said that two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when you said for us to, you know, this is what happened in that two minutes that I talked, it was so effective. And so as people walked out of there, they probably remembered more of my two minutes than they remembered of Floyd 17. Or Marion Trivier, although she was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, she was good. She was, she good. was pretty cool. Wow. But I agree. All right. Well, look, is there anything else you guys want to uh, cover with Christy before we let her go eat her hamburger? <laughs> Are you on social media at all? I, I, I am. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm all over the place. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Christy Martin Promotions is on all of them. Christy's Champs is on all of them. Okay. And then just me, Christy Salters Martin. And you got a fight coming up. Your promotions company have a fight coming up soon. We are promoting November 5th in Myrtle Beach. Uh, so we have that coming up. But what we do have coming up at the end of this month, July 22nd through the 24th, we have a three-day amateur tournament in Fayetteville, North Carolina um, that will be seen on Boxing TV. Nice. We're really Very excited nice. about, you know, bringing TV on. And, and uh, I think, you know, we, we had hoped that we would have about 400 boxers. The gas prices hurting us a little bit. Um, USA Boxing added a tournament this weekend right before us, so that hurt us a little. But we're it's still going to be a, a fantastic weekend of, of fights. Boxing, sorry, it's amateurs, so it has to be it's bouts. Yeah, bouts. They right. don't fight in the amateurs; they box. That's right. <laughs> they box. That's right. They right. box and they win JOs, right. <laughs> junior JOs. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, look, uh, folks, it's been a fantastic session here. We've gone round and round with Christy Martin. Uh, Melissa, you want to tell the people where they can find you? Sure. I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Girl Boxing Now. And uh, my uh, website is girlboxing.org. Right on. Eddie, tell everybody yeah, where and, they can find Cr- you. Christy, and everybody, it's just been an honor to have you on because I hope you realize your important place in in history, in boxing, in women's boxing, and LGBTQ boxing, in the LGBTQ community, and and everything, and it's it's absolutely historic when all this is written. Um, you could find me generally on Twitter at NHB News. My website's EddieGoldman.com, and I have a Patreon page at Patreon.com/slash EddieGoldman, where you can subscribe for more content there that's right this is sports justice radio and i am your fight goddess you can find me on twitter at angry afro radio because i am that angry black woman and on on instagram at fight goddess fitness you guys pick up christy martin's book 
uh, on Amazon. This story is amazing. Check out her documentary on Netflix. It was the deal with the devil. I believe the name of the documentary is called. And uh, thank you, Christy, for showing up here today and sharing your story with us. Like I said, it was a testament to the resilience of the human spirit. You are a survivor and our champion and we love you. All right. So we love to see you next time. You guys take care, peace, love, and push-ups. <laughs>